Do you know what it takes to move good to great? Are you almost where you need to be but not quite there yet? Find your way to success today. Welcome to the James Stentley Show with Dr. James Stentley. We've got the tips and guidance you need to propel your success to the next level. Now, here's your host, Dr. James Stentley. And you know, now they hand you a plastic bag. Oh, I'm not, I'm not, okay, now I'm live. Okay, there you go. And they hand you a plastic bag. So I got on my first plane. And I'm sorry for social media, I'm repeating myself. We are hot now. But um, welcome to the James Lee Show. And I uh, flew to Florida, Florida to Tampa, and then drove to Sarasota yesterday for the um, incredible mastermind event. And I tell you, I was, I was so impressed. So, so very impressed. A BOA. And BOA, you know, if I look at the business of advisors or board of advisors, sorry, uh, this is when I talk about this little trophy I received a little later, but, you know, um, incredible things are happening. And uh, I understand my audio is still cutting off and on. So I'm going to ask my uh, control here. So I'm just going to get offline. And I'll just go barefoot from here. I got it from here. So Brian, you can disconnect. And we're going to go to show solo. I don't know what's going on with this internet in our community. They're tearing up my backyard, but nevertheless, welcome to the show. And I've got some things to talk about, so we are in good shape. And a lot of things are extremely exciting as well, so I'm glad we're all here together. But I was down in at Tampa for the Board of Advisors, and I, I just uh, joined that organization. Um, it had to been recommended, uh, first of all, by someone as part of the board, and then it is quite costly. But I always look at risk-reward and understand the value of being in a network and building relationships with people who are playing at a high level. You know, we're very thankful and very honored and blessed that we already have that network, but I always want to extend it and expand it because there's so much work to do. There's so many people that we can help. Remember our success, your success, everyone's success can be somebody else's miracle. So, you know, I I continuously, as I teach, I continuously uh, invest in myself and and increasing the education, increasing my, my knowledge base. You know, so I'm not saying the same things over and over and over again. You know, we live in a world of innovation. And in the world of innovation, it means we have to look for the next way to do things, the next best thing. How do we, What's coming up in the future and how do we get in front of it? You know, I was having a conversation with my wife earlier this morning. And, you know, so of course, the double scientists and the physicists and people know her lover. And, well, she's a very, very smart uh, woman. And uh, Dr. Kara Scott Dentley, we were talking, we talking still with James. They are preparing now for intellectual travel. Uh, and if you think about it, it makes sense. You know, uh, you know Neil deGrasse, uh, the science guy, you know, um, uh, uh, he was talking to a woman and the woman made a statement of, uh, he said, uh, well, I don't really want this to change. We don't need that. Why do we need to have that? Why do we need to have flying cars? I don't need that. And, and he said, it's, and he, he made this analogy. He said, it was like, a, it's almost like a person with a uh, cave person sticks their head out the cave and say, wait a minute, we got everything we need in this cave. They're starting to build stuff out there. They're starting to do stuff. We don't need that. And they close the cave back up and go right back in their cave. And so often, so many people live their lives the same way. I was speaking with my daughter today, who was an entrepreneur, and I was talking to her about the difference between starting your business and working in your business and then working on your business. To be able to see things from a different viewpoint because in a world of innovation, I keep saying that word, word because that's where we are right now. That's how we live right now. In a world filled with innovation, we cannot stop changing. The, the interesting thing is that's the most constant thing that we're going to experience in our life is change. You know, we came out here with a baby getting being fed from a tube. And when they cut the tube, from then on, we've been off to the races, evolving and learning and, and uh, just, uh, just rising to different levels all the way through your educational process to your first words, your first step, first time you rode a bike, first time you drove a car, first time you went and found your own job, so first time you got promoted. It's always elevation. You elevate to another level, another level, another level. You get older and hair starts to thin or starts to do crazy things or starts to grow in unruly places. <laughs> you know, you get older and the bones start to creak. You're no longer paying hot scotch, ladies. You're no longer jumping fences and climbing trees, most men, okay? You know, we're a little slow sometimes. We're going to climb and jump as long as we can, but the bottom line, you know, the body shifts, the evolution, testosterone levels kind of go down because it's not necessary. And a lot of people don't realize that once you're past the age of 23, 
your testosterone level for most men are going to go down anyway because you don't need it because you're not doing the same things that you did when you were eight, nine, ten. We would just go. Remember, remember, boys always like things that go fast and go boom. Okay, so you know we get a little the tolerance level kind of shifts a little bit. So we talk about innovation. What's next? You know, you look at this year 2020, the year of COVID. I called this from the very beginning the year of clarity of 2020 vision. Now I had no clue that the vision that we would see would have it would the movie would be cast this way. I had no uh, idea that um, we would look out. Uh, we look at the television set on the radio or the newspaper. We go out to dinner with our friends and there would be conflict about which political party you belong to, what you believe in, what you think is a hoax, what you believe is a, is a, a conspiracy theory and going back and forth. I didn't see this, but I knew that 2020 is a year of clarity and all things work for the good and work in perfect order and work in perfect order. They always do. And the thing I got when I say clarity is that that no one is really safe. You know, a lot of jobs are hurting um, and a lot of jobs did flourish. A lot of companies flourished because of COVID. But a lot of people got hurt. A lot of people lost their jobs and now they're, they're trying to figure out another way. Uh, the school system has changed. And now uh, we're learning everybody's daily habits by watching them educate their children over Zoom because in the background, parents do the craziest things. And now, but so many parents are now stressed out trying to figure out who's going to watch my kid if I have to work. How am I going to educate my kid if I'm not an educator and I don't have the tolerance because it's a new, a new world? You see, change is the only constant thing, but that's the one thing that we don't like to do. You know, I know for a fact, I'm into my 30s, man, everything I let go of got, got nail prints in it. That means I was holding on like I was clawing it. It just claw prints all in it because I was just holding on to those things that I knew because human beings in our experience, well, we conform. We get kind of used to things. Years ago, they used to say we get into a rut, but we just kind of get into a track. And this is what we do. And we just follow the system. We go to school. We try to get good grades. Okay, some of y'all get good grades. Okay, I'll go with that. Get good grades. And you go out and get out of, out of grammar school, you go to high school, get your diploma. Get your diploma. And then most people want to go on to college. Because if you want to get a good job, what's the billboard say? Had to get a good education. So they got the good education. And it worked out well because at one point you couldn't get those high level jobs unless you had certain degrees. And then everything began to change. IBM was known as the greatest company to work for because they never had a layoff policy until they changed it and everything began to change. And people are wondering why when they come home from work, they're so tired. But people don't realize that and I'm a little bit older than some, but not most, but they didn't realize that the job that they have, the job you may have today, used to be two or three people doing that job and they started laying off to become more efficient to compete with a change that was coming that they were not ready for, but they had to adapt to or they had to be buried. And that was the innovation, that was the automation, that machines were coming that would replace people in the workplace. And that's just the reality of it. That is just the reality of it. And it's still happening. So I'm going to encourage each and every one of you guys to right now is not the time to, to lay down in the poverty of your imagination. And when I say poverty, you know, the word poverty means that there's a lack somewhere. There's a lack of the imagination. If you hear any background noise, they are digging up my yard, patting down the ground. I'm going to get to that in a minute, too. They're doing so much stuff out there. My great neighbors are all looking like wondering because all they hear is noise and drilling. You know, we have a beautiful pool and in-ground jacuzzi and above-ground jacuzzi as well. And uh, why are they tearing up everything but that when they're building a little oasis? And I'm really thankful that it's going to be so peaceful and so serene. And I'll talk about that also a little bit later. So uh, the point I was making when we talk about innovation is uh, to breathe and relax, go into states of meditation as often as you can the first thing in the morning. Sometimes you have to reboot in the middle of the day and you go into meditation. Keep your mind calm. Keep your mind calm. Your eyes can be closed because you'll see with different part of your senses. You see, a lot of people say, I say, how do you see? How do you, how do you really see? Say, what do you mean? I mean, how do you really see? I see with my eyes. No, you don't see with your eyes. You see through your eyes. Because all your eyes do is send lights and prisms of, and, and then it hits signals and creates signals in the brain. And then it tells you what it says that it is. But how does it know what it is? Well, we have to be taught that. And the best way to teach anybody anything is over and over and over. How do you spell cat? C-A-T. C-A-T. 
you see a cat, see a picture of a cat, you start to see real cats and over and over and over you can play it. It's like clockwork, dog, play it, play it, play it, run. Okay, we're running, what does that mean, run? Okay, we understand these three, these small words and then we evolve and we evolve. You know, so interesting when I talk about this evolution that there's a school, um, the Freedom School, um, uh, and this school run by Marcus Klein, and you heard him on our show maybe a few weeks ago. If you haven't, I'm going to encourage you to go back in the archives and go through the former shows. And you definitely want to check this out. But I tell you, uh, with Marcus Klein and his school, he's got kids six, seven, eight, nine years old, and they're learning pre-med, pre-law, and pre-engineering. And they will blow you away. They did it live on our show, but then we went to the school to present them with a donation, and we filmed everything. And he brought those kids to the front of the room, and they were they were spouting out six syllable words. I still cannot spell those words those children were spelling. And not only did they spell it because they said, well, that's memory. You can memorize anything. Okay. But well, I learned from the kids that a six syllable word may be four or five words broken down. Each one of those uh, uh, broken out syllables and statements are a word all to itself. And I'll tell you, not only did they know the word, but they knew what it meant and they could diagnose because they were reading it from excerpts from a medical journal. And they can look at it and diagnose what the word says, what it means, what is the patient, why would the patient have to go have this procedure, what procedure would the patient have, and they're learning how to do that. They have biology when they're in school. Now, in the school, they can only have 10 students per class, uh, and they have most of the students online. But the biology is, was a required course, innovation. You know, chess, required course. It teaches you to think. It teaches strategy. It, it, it's like doing jumper jacks in the brain, you know, because the brain does not like to burn a lot of calories. The brain sit there, it would just sit there and just operate all by itself. You know, some people brain dead and they're not brain dead, but it's just brain dead. They just checked out. They just, I don't want to go any further. It's kind of lazy. You got to exercise it. That means you got to stimulate it with more knowledge, stimulate it with more things that are stimulating to it. You see, and all these things are important when it comes to building great relationships or even making money. You know, money always goes where, it's, goes where it's invited and it stays where it's welcome. So people say, well, I'm invited every day. Money come in my house. You leave the door wide open. Somebody's going to come and rob you and take the two chairs you got left. No, no, no. That means when you're creating the value, when it's not about money, you create the value, you open up a welcoming for your money. It's like having a welcome home party for your money because money is simply energy. It's simply a means of exchange. And you can open up the riches of the world by the way you think, by meditating, by shifting your belief in yourself and your belief in what is possible for you in your life. Abraham Lincoln said it best, what's possible in one life? Well, it's possible in every life. It's possible in your life. It's possible in my life. Now, I was talking to our entrepreneur forum uh, last night and sharing with them how I was living in a car, lost everything. I refused to call home because at some point you have to grow up. I didn't want to hand out, you know, it's so interesting. I had a friend of mine, Leslie Gra Wesley Graves. He would pick me up and I sometimes I get enough money to stay in an old raggedy hotel. And I don't know if it was a crack hotel because I didn't have any reference point, but there was more gum on the carpet than carpet. The beds were had with an inversion in the middle of it. So you just sleep on a mattress. It was already inverted from the 10,000 bodies that were there before you. I didn't know anything about bed bugs at the time. I don't know if they had them. I don't know if I got bit, but I knew there was a lot of little brown creatures running all around the place. And the thrill of my life is when I made enough money to get a little bitty mini refrigerator inside that little hotel room. But I would not call home. I did not need my sister to save me. And when Wesley would come pick me up because he was—he and another, one other person were the only two people I allowed to let know where I lived at, that I could be open with because I got to leave my house and put on a suit, wash it out and wash the collar out in the sink and go to your friend's home and tell them to follow me. We're going to get rich. Wow. Yeah. That was the life that I lived. I'll tell you. And it wasn't easy, but it was worth it. And I, and I always hung on. I didn't never had to spare. I may have a little stressful times there. I can tell that because my skin broke out like crazy, but I didn't live in despair because uh, the bottom line was that I knew that something bigger was coming. I knew there was going to be more for me in the future. So we're going to take a real quick, short commercial break, and we're going to come back with our first guest. I'm going to bring to you the, the amazing Dr. O. Now, I'm going to give you a full name when she gets here, Ms. Tamala Odom, but Dr. O has just signed in. And, and when we come back, uh, we're going to kick it off with our guest. You don't want to miss it. You are in for a treat. We'll be back right after this commercial. 
find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com As we continue on life's journey, there are certain situations which we all must face. Care and treatment don't always measure up to what it's supposed to be, and there are many questions that need to be answered. Tune in to Senior Straight Talk with hosts Phyllis Amon and Rubina Chaudhry. Seniors deserve to have a purposeful and passionate, fulfilling life, and we'll bring you the information that you need to hear to make it happen. Listen on the Voice America Empowerment Channel or your favorite podcast platform. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and entertained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen for our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with our host, Cynthia Bryan. Then on Sundays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, Teens Talk and the World Listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Play with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com and the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're tuned in to The James Stentley Show. We'd love to hear from you via email with questions and comments. Drop us a line to JD at the James Dentley Show.com. Again, that's JD at the James Dentley Show.com. Now, back to the show. Well, welcome back to the show. This portion of our show is brought by a nonprofit already always amazing. Amazing children, amazing veterans, amazing senior, amazing women, and amazing youth. Look, I'm back here with a very special guest, and I want to just deep sea dive right now. She's a young lady. I've been waiting to get her for a couple of weeks. And last year, I mean, excuse me, last year, it seems like a year. <laughs> last week, the internet went out on us, and, and we couldn't get it in there. But she's here today, and I'm honored to have Dr. Tamela Odom to be our guest on our show. Uh, this young lady has a sense of mastery. I mean, when I spoke with her, she told me she had her own radio show and what she'd achieve on that and how to build that audience. I noticed she's just simply magnetic. I was introduced to her by someone I have a tremendous amount of respect for. And I know when he calls me and tells me about a person, he fusses if I don't take action right away. So I'm thankful that we got a chance to, to meet and to be here. She's also has a lot of tele- experience on television. Uh, I mean, this lady is absolutely incredible. Many of you may have heard her or seen her before. And I don't want to hold her back because she's a, a licensed and, and, you know, she's a master of when it comes to leadership and empowerment. And how to take the things that God has given each and every one of us and bring them out to the world to live in that full expression as we're meant to be. So, Dr. O, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you. I'm excited as well. So this is going to be very casual. And I want to I like to take a lot of notes, too, when, when I guess are speaking. So I like to learn all the time. So welcome to the show. But I'd like you to start off with just telling us who you are. Tell us a little bit about your story and some of the things that you've been able to do. Uh, by grace and hard work. Tell us yes. about it. Yes. Now, you know, this is always one of those questions when someone says, tell me a little bit about yourself. And You're then right. you have to really search, right? Because there's so many things that you have to share. But the, the thing that is most important out of all the accomplishments that I have been able to be a part of and achieve, the thing that I have to go back to is that I am a child of God. Right. And on top of that, I am a vessel. So when you are a vessel, you have to be empty in a sense where God can pour back into you. But, you know, vessels are used all the time. I use a vessel to drink my tea this morning. I use the vessel. We use vessels all the time. So I have to look at who I am as someone who is bound to serve someone every day. That's my call as a motivational speaker, as a life coach, as a child of God. I am one that is supposed to serve. And I don't feel comfortable if I'm not doing that, if I'm not sharing what God has given to me to give to people to make them better. Hmm. So, you live, so you're not comfortable when you're not living in your truth. So the imposter doesn't work for you. 
Oh, that you know, but you know what? Let's just be real. Okay, we've on. all we've all tried the imposter role, right? Because yeah. we think we're supposed to impress people. We think because when we are that imposter, that people will like us better. But sometimes, when you are work, walking in your purpose, you are going to make people feel uncomfortable because you're pushing them out of their comfort zone. And people like to where it's nice and comfortable and easy. But our purpose sometimes is to encourage people to live their best life. How many times do people pray, God bless me with all these lavish and great things? You can't achieve those things in your comfort zone. Amen to that. You know, we have our slogan is that we don't think outside of the box because in our world there is no box. And if there's no box is only possibility. And yeah. that is uh, to, to go in the flow of the image and likeness of God. Yeah. So that imposter role, I'm, I'm, I've, I've played the role before. I tried to fit in before. But you have to, once you hear that call, you know for sure. You just have to just let it go and do what you know. And that is to be genuine, not to be an imposter. Yeah. So Dr. O is saying, leap and the net will appear. Yeah. Are you sure? No, but trust God. That's what faith is all about. So how did it start for you as a small child? How did it, who inspired you? Uh, who did you uh, who did you want to mirror as you grew up? Is, do you have anybody who influences to you that inspired you and like mentored you? Yes. So the two, you know, we we say our parents all the time and that's true. But I just remember growing up and I'll tell it, you know, I still feel like I look young and beautiful. But I can just say in the 80s when I was growing up, I was just enamored by Mayor Harold Washington, eloquent speaker. He was able to unite people, one who always in his career faced adversity. People didn't want to see the first African-American mayor. He was a state representative at one point. He was a councilman or alderman in Chicago for before at the beginning. He had a lot of adversity, but the people when they loved Harold, it was because he knew how to unite people. He knew how to speak to people. He knew how to charge people to really see their purpose. And even though he had a remnant of people in Chicago that worked with him. They were strong and mighty. They came from diverse backgrounds. There were people who were poor. There were people who were rich. There were people who were middle class, people who were immigrants. Everyone worked with him. Not everyone, but the people that worked with him, they were supporters. Because you remember when he won the election, he said, do you want Harold? Here's Harold. So he was an influencer for me, even as a child. I was drawn to his personality. I was drawn to his intellect. I was drawn to his eloquent words. And I knew that in my purpose, I had to have some of those characteristics. As a motivational speaker, you have to know how to engage people. You don't have to know how to speak to all kinds of people. You have to know how to talk to people through conflict and push them through and help them and support them through that. So that's the first person that I would say growing up uh, really encouraged me to live my best life and to find my purpose. My second one was my grade school teacher. I mean, I had a phenomenal childhood because my, my I had an actual village. My parents, my aunts, my grandparents, they all poured into me. The neighbors, you had school teachers that poured into me. But I think about my uh, drama teacher, Miss Butler Walker, and she taught me how not to be so shy and to use your words and to use your face and just your nonverbal to communicate to people. Even as a child, I learned how to use that. I remember I had my second grade teacher told me that she had to watch me because I knew in second grade how to unite people. She said, you're not the one that fought on the playground. You're the one that used your mouth to unite people. And she said to me, you need to sit next to my desk. I was that kid, had to sit next to the teacher, not because I was a bad child, because she had to watch me because she saw that I had influence because I was using those skills from learning how to talk to people and unite people. And she didn't want these second graders to have more power. Oh, no. <laughs> than she did. Okay. Uh, so those are the two, I would say, my teachers uh, and then Mary Harold Washington, I feel, were the bigger influences in my life growing up. Yeah. You know, you, you said something, though, and um, I wrote it down because it, 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 we went right past it. 
because I listen to you speak. And you, when you say Harold Washington, I think I was living in Texas at the time, but I would come back and forth home. But you see it, his words, his words, he would, he had a, he had a, um, he had a spirit that had fire, but his words were like honey. Mm-hmm. It, it might be so soothing and, and they, they sweet that texture to everything that he touched. And, and they hear you as a speaker and you're a motivational speaker. You've been on radio, television, you've done some great things, but you mentioned that you were shy. I want to talk about that for all the shy people, the people that are still kind of, uh, you know, are not comfortable uh, finding using their voice. Let's talk about being shy. You know, it, it's, it's amazing that I was shy, actually, because I grew up in a family of very vocal people. They spoke their mind from my sisters to my cousins, uh, my aunts and uncles. But I was a kid who got lost in books. I love to read. And that was my world. I would spend time in the summer when kids wanted to play outside. I wanted to go to the library. The library was air conditioned. I had my little spot where I wanted to be. And I just wanted to read all the time. I wanted to learn. I wanted, you know, we talked about being a vessel earlier and I was just an empty vessel growing up. And I just wanted more information to be just poured into me. And I felt comfortable in that world because I remember back in grade school, a teacher told me once that you can change your environment from reading a book. So she talked to us kids, the children who grew up in impoverished neighborhoods the way I did. She told us the best way to escape when you don't have the ability and the means to escape is through a book. So I lived as a child in a mansion. I've lived in different countries through books. And I felt comfortable in that world, but I couldn't stay there. When you live in purpose, you just can't stay in your own little bubble, even though it's comfortable there. But that's where I wanted to be. So my parents realized I did have a gift. So they pushed me just a little bit, encouraged me to take oratory classes, encouraged me to take drama classes, encouraged me to be a part of events and clubs that pushed me to talk to people. And I realized when talking to people that I I found out that there were youth around my age group that had some of the same concerns that I did growing up as a child. Because sometimes we omit the feelings of a child because we say, oh, they're just children, but they have concerns too. So I learned how to um, look to my peers to help me grow, to help me learn, to help me feel comfortable and to still know that I could share my world with them, even though I still have my books growing up. Wow. Well, okay. You know, <laughs> they, they, I talk about anchors and triggers when I when I train speakers. And uh, when you mentioned that word shy, the reason, when the moment you said it for the very first time, it took me back. And uh, I remember, um, I think my sister or somebody was having a party downstairs in a, in a home. And, um, and I remember I was in the bathroom and I was so shy. Yeah. I wanted so much to go out there and know how to dance and be out there with everybody else. And I was two years younger, so I'm in their way anyway. But that was the first time ever you, somebody said that word and boom, it anchored me right back in that moment. And I'm saying that because there's so many people that listen and watch us because we're on social media right now as well, that uh, they don't know where they fit. They don't know if they belong. They don't know what to do. They don't, they're afraid they're going to do something wrong. So they don't take action. So mm-hmm. as a speaker and now one who inspires people for a living, what do you think would be the keys for a person to begin to take action to uh, to achieve the life or live the life they deserve and they're meant to have? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to share with you something that came straight to me from God. Okay. And it was in a point of my life where I had all these ideas and dreams and aspirations. I had them here and I had them here. I had them in my mind and I had them in my heart. And I just said, oh, I can just envision myself doing all of these great things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it came to me very clear. I believe it was God that spoke to me and said, you have not written them down. What does it tell us in the Habakkuk 2 and 4? Write the vision and make it plain. And then I felt the spirit even went further and said, the Bible is written down and it's the master plan. So how do you expect to be able to go and grow with all these ideas that you have in your heart and in your mind, if you don't have them written down before you, 
You have not created the vision. So I would tell anyone to start there. The Bible is our perfect example. It is a written word for us to be inspired by anytime you read it. You have a plan that is written down for you to follow that plan. Your vision boards, this is a time where people are doing their vision boards, right? They're having vision board parties upcoming. You have to write these things down. So I think that for me, once I had that epiphany from God, that you have all these great things that I've put inside of you, they mean nothing if you don't have the roadmap. Write them down. Write down not just the goals, but what will it take to achieve them? What are some of the things that you need help with? Pray for that help to come and then God will send it. But you have to do that leap you talked about earlier. Yeah. But never come, just leap and those things will follow. Yeah, yeah. Think and then put it in. Yeah. So now you think you, you got clarity because most people don't really have clarity on what they want. Mm-hmm. And, and as a speaker, you inspire people and you get them all charged up. But then how does a person maintain, how do they sustain that fire? What would you teach? How do you coach? When you coach somebody, how do you I get you get me to get a breakthrough? How do I keep it? Yeah. Now I have to go back. I mean, I'm just so thankful for all the people that have poured into me. I talked about being a vessel and I've learned that even as a child, continue to be a vessel, even though I've achieved so many great accomplishments, I'm still a student. And I remember when I was working on my dissertation for my doctorate degree. And uh, first of all, my my um, my dissertation chair told me, you are the 1% if you finish. Because <laughs> people, they call that ABD all but dissertation, right? So yeah. you have this lofty goal, you've gotten to this point and you want to finish, but you have to realize you still have to put the work in. So I encourage people right from the beginning, that you have to see the right, you have to start looking towards the end already from the beginning. You just can't assume that you're going to achieve these goals because you have that desire. So to stay motivated, for me, you have to keep thinking, you have to be forward thinking. You can't rest where you are. Sometimes we get these many accomplishments and we get all excited. We did it. You haven't gotten there. You have not reached the goal. So keep running. Keep running the race. You have to not get comfortable in the many successes. You have to be excited about those, but you have to keep running. You got a long stretch of road that's still ahead of you. And even when you get closer to that long stretch of road, you cannot rest until you get to the end. So that's what I tell people all the time. We have these fantastic goals that we set, but you have to get moving and you have to make sure you hold yourself accountable and accept the support that you get from other people to make sure you make it until the end. And that's when we truly celebrate. But you have to also understand, too, that your goals, once you make it, is not just for you. It's for you to be a servant, to give back to other people, for your life to be a testimony for other people, to let them know they can also achieve and live the great. Woo. Woo. Okay. And you can bask in that one for a second. We got about what another 90 seconds. We go into commercial in a couple of 90 seconds. But before we do that, um, you know, Stephen Covey said you begin with the end in mind. If you guys are listening to this, write that down, man. Write it down. Uh, a person that doesn't know where they want to go usually ends up someplace they don't want to or need to be. So you got to get some clarity on what is it that you want. Even when you're starting a business, I was talking to some people earlier today. Uh, Doc, and um, I was talking about the exit plan. You know, when you start your business, you start a goal. What's the exit plan? What are you here to do? I was talking to a friend of mine who picked me up from the airport yesterday, and I was telling he was telling me about his relationship with his wife. And I said, well, first of all, um, what is a common goal do you have? Where are you going here? Because in life, it's always about the journey, and the journey. If it's always about the journey, it's always about what's next, what's next, what's next, what's next. So when we come back for commercial, I want to talk about uh, your media experience, some of the things you've done. In me- I want people to know who you are. So uh, I know you're a very humble lady, but I'm going to ask you to brag a little bit. I'm going to pull it out. Okay. <laughs> I don't think I can talk too much. I'm going to inspire it out. And I want people to know some of the things that you've done, some of the things you're doing. I'm really thankful that uh, now we're talking about our collaboration and how we can go out there and impact the world and make it better together. So. We're going to take a short break. I think we got about 30 more seconds, but oh, what the heck. Let's go and take a commercial break. We'll be right back with Dr. Tamla Oro. Live up to your fullest potential. 
This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you really want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune into Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions. Some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You're tuned in to The James Stentley Show. We'd love to hear from you via email with questions and comments. Drop us a line to JD at thejamesdentleyshow.com. Again, that's JD at thejamesdentleyshow.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the show. This last portion of our show is brought to you by JD3TV. We're about to launch our incredible global streaming network, and we're going to have a variety of shows and movies and uh, so much information and content, but it's going to be a whole lot of fun. And we're going to kick this off um, December 11th, 12th, and 13th. When we have the Limitless uh, Movement for Women, man, where anything is possible. So we're going to talk about that last. But I want to get back to Dr. Tamla Odom. Uh, Tamla, can you tell us uh, about your experience in media and how did it come about? Tell us about media, radio, TV. What do you like the best? What do you do? What do you like about it? I want to just go take it. Just talk to it. <laughs> You know, I'm just, I'm giggling, you know, when I'm saying this is because if you just follow the path that God has for you, he just puts you right where you need to be. So I talked about earlier when I was a child and I was shy. I never thought that I would be a public speaker. I was always an eloquent writer because I was taught to write. My family really honed education for me growing up. So academics were extremely important to me. And I'm thankful to them because that was the reason why I was able to excel. But I talked about oratory competitions and being a part of um, you know, oratory uh, uh, um, initiatives and such when I was in grade school. And then I went to high school and I was a part of the debate team. So all this time, God was preparing me to be an orator, so to speak. Harold Washington, someone that I would look to all the time and, and look at his speeches and study his speeches. Oprah, I studied her all the time. And then I get to college. I wanted to become a chemical engineer and God was like, no, you're not. Uh-uh. You like science, young lady, but you yeah. are going to major in communications and theater. So I got wow. my break and as an intern for Fox 32, I did some on-air work for them and, and um, I was in college. I also worked for a magazine, Pensions and Investments in Chicago. So I had a blend of um, um, television work and then some print media. Then yeah. I went on and, and more just opportunities after college opened up. Fox wanted me to work for them a little while longer. So here mm -hmm. I am working for Fox in Chicago, meeting folks like Tamron Hall and Bob Surratt and Marianne Marciano. I know I'm dating myself, but I'm just kind of giving you an idea. When I came into media, and it, it, the doors just open and I just enjoy talking to folks. So I had an opportunity for a, um, a television show and it was a live show. And a lot of folks, they don't do well with live TV because you can't cut, you can't edit. What you get is what you get. But I will tell you, 
growing up in church prepared me for that. You know, when you are the MC for the program, you have to be able to spin on a dime, right? When the yeah. guests are ready to sing and you have to keep talking until they're ready to come up and sing. So I learned those, those attributes that I would need to be on air when I was just working in the church. And I talked about serving earlier. And then an opportunity, someone was listening to one of my shows on television and they called the studio and they asked if I could do some guest spots on WVON in Chicago. I did the spots on WVON and fell in love with radio. Wow. So with radio, you could just come as you are. You don't have to do your makeup. You don't have to do anything. You just have to have the voice. <laughs> <laughs> so it was fun. You know, you could just be right. yourself. And so I just I couldn't let go of television. So I kind of went back and forth in radio and television because television is what I knew is what I was homegrown with television. But with radio, I had to work. I came on a radio station and they just told me that this is something new. They're trying. If you want this to work, you have to build this show out. Wow. And that's what I did. I found people that I had worked with in the past and I asked them for a favor. Can you please work with me on this project? And my show beginning was the, it was the lowest ranking show in the beginning on that station because the radio stations, that's the same as television. You look at those ratings. And then I was determined because I believe that's where God had placed me for that season to build that show out. And we ended up being the third ranking show on that radio station with over 400,000 listeners wow. that tuned in. And they gave me a spot on a Monday evening because they thought, well, we just take a chance. Nobody really listens on a Monday. But then they said, it's Monday. No, that's not the good spot. Right. But, you know, they then, you know, when you're hitting the good, the good stuff, when they start building other shows around you. So the shows before my show and the show before my after my show, they were building a platform because I was bringing in the listeners because of the work that God had put uh, in me to do. So I still love television. I'm starting to get back into it, especially because we're in a virtual environment now. So if you want to do anything that's related such as this, television is the way to go or media face-to-face -face isn't there anymore. But I still have a love for radio. So I don't think I can choose. I think that it just depends on the season and where God has me. I can go back and forth and do radio or television. I just like to talk to people and get to know them yeah. and connect with them. Well, our team loves you. And before I go any deeper, you know, you have a sister, and it's my wife. Oh! She's a double scientist and physicist. But you see her get on the dance floor, she is Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but, and she loves to dance. She's danced all her life in different troops and different uh, through school. But she's a double scientist and physicist. So when you're saying, yeah, you want to be, you want to get into science, you love science also. Oh. Yeah. Y'all got to be, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she is about Christian woman that loves God. And she, when she would mentor people before uh, she would take them on as a tutor, they'd have to go to church. You have to, you got to go to church with them first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you got a sister over here. So, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm not going to go that deep with it. But, uh, yeah, God is, God is working. God is working. Man to that. <laughs> I want for the listeners, um, You've got a great career. You grew up in a great situation with your family, great support, great models. But adversity, you know, Jim Rohn said, is not the blowing of the wind, it's the set of the sail because the wind, the wind will blow on us all. So, what would you say to someone as a speaker, a trainer, a coach? Uh, how do you overcome adversity? Can you share something that adversity either you knew about without mentioning a name or something you may have experienced and how was it overcome? You know, I'm just going to share two stories that I think are impactful. I think about when I was in college, I was uh, earning my undergraduate degree. And I remember that I started out at a community college because my mother was in college at the time. Um, my sister behind me was coming into college the next year. So the money was just wasn't there. So I started at a community college and then I went on to a four year institution. And I remember sitting down, I had been accepted to this four-year institution. I only applied to one school because I was focused. I knew what I wanted. 
Mm-hmm. And I remember talking to the academic advisor. We were planning our cl- my classes and she was she wanted to give me part time status. Now I went to a, a one of the best high schools in Chicago. I knew that my folks DBS. had put oh, good <laughs> close, but uh... <laughs> okay, okay, that's me. <laughs> yeah, oh. So I, you know, I. I... <laughs> I not CVS, but I did okay. So, <laughs> so I knew that I had a strong academic background, but she told me, my academic advisor told me, not because of my ACT score, I had an associate's degree. I had two years of college under my belt, had graduated. She told me because of where I lived, because of, I was a West Side young lady, that there was no way that I could take a full load at this school, this university. Mm-hmm. That's what, that was adversity number one. She told me that and said that there was no way I could, she said, if I was able to finish, it would probably take me an additional five years. Oh. I already had two years of, of, of college under my belt and I finished with an associate. So not just two years of college, I had an associate's degree and she didn't believe in my skills because I came from the West side. That's what she told me. And I was determined. And I put that in my book because I want people to know that you can overcome what people say. Just because people say things about you does not mean that is your destiny because God says otherwise. He doesn't put on us anything but blessings and abundance. So I went back and I had a plan. I strategized on what I was going to do to make sure I graduated in four years because I was determined. That was adversity. And then I remember when I was getting my master's degree, I don't know, it just when it came to education, the folks that were set aside to help and support, they looked at me and said, oh, you got some things, you know, you're, you're this and you're this and you're that. And so they had all these labels that considered them to be a help for me, they were telling me, you know what, you want to do these things, but we don't want to set you up for failure. But I was able to overcome them because I had a plan and I did not allow other people's labels to be attached to me. My words were very important. I am a stickler about what I say. There is the power in words. This world was framed, made with words. I am created in God's image. You're created in this, in God's image. People who are watching created in God's image. So if he can create a world with words, let there be, let mm-hmm. there be. If I'm creating his image, I can earn this college degree. I can get that job that I want. So those adversities, those obstacles that came in my way, yeah, I see you, but no weapon formed against me shall prosper. The weapon's going to be there. These adversities, these mm-hmm. hard times, these obstacles are going to be there, but they are not going to work against me because I have a plan. I am determined and my words say otherwise. Woo-wee. Now, you know, people who... Uh, are doing things great. They always look for what's next. You know, I always say when, like, when the Chicago Bulls won a championship, the first one, before they even got in the locker room, they were holding up two fingers, going mm-hmm. for a repeat. Yeah. And they won a second. Before they got to the locker room, three fingers. So the people who play the least status, they always look for, okay, what's next? What's next? What's next? What's next for you? Ooh, this is when I get excited when people ask me what's next because I know my purpose and I have a plan. I have a plan. So what's next for me is I have gotten the charge from God. This is something that I have been praying about, that I'm going to offer leadership classes to the masses. I'm going to talk more about how we can can uh, marry our leadership and our, our development of our ideas with the biblical principles that God has already outlined in the Bible. I'm going to teach the masses. I'm going to do them virtually. I'm going to do them globally. I'm already, I already have the plan. It's just a matter of taking the leap, which I've already done. And I'm just waiting on the net. I'm just waiting on him to show me exactly where to teach who to teach it to, what's the platform, because I already have the curriculum ready. I already have the plan ready. I am just waiting on him to show me where. The empty vessel is waiting to be poured into. Amen, amen. Well, you know, we got about three minutes left, but we're going to keep going after the show ends because we're still going to be Facebook Live. 
Because okay. we had to talk a little bit. We had to, we had to <laughs> negotiate a little bit. I don't think we really got to negotiate. We just had to just you know, get some stuff out. Because this is our first time really talking like face to face. So, yeah. Um, now, uh, the Bible says, uh, Jesus says, my sheep shall know my voice. You, you spoke a lot about God speaks to you. And a lot of people say God speaks to me. How do you know it's really God that's speaking to you? And why is it that some of us, you know the story about the fleece? Yes. Mm-hmm. How do you know it's God that speaks to you? How can you for you, how do you how can you tell? It's God. Ooh, mm, you know, it, it usually comes to me after prayer. Okay. Because, you know, prayer is a conversation. And a lot of times, you know, we you were accustomed to praying and then you're just gone. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. You know, could you imagine that you did all the talking and I just sit here? Yeah. It wouldn't make any sense. It doesn't make sense. So in prayer, I share it all with him and then he'll, and I'll be still, and then he'll tell me what to say or what he'll tell me what the plan is. And yeah. sometimes before I even start to pray, he'll tell me, bring pad and pen to this session. And because I know that he's going to lay down some things and it has to be specifically the way he gives it to me. And I believe that is through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit guides us. He's our teacher. And when I know that it's him because it is something that is abundant, it's big. God thinks in the in the wow, way bigger than us. So when it's something that's great and of great magnitude and abundance, that's how I know it's God speaking to me because his mind is way bigger than mine. Oh, amen, amen. And I'll tell you, and mind you, uh, we got to close the show in about 10 seconds. But, you know, I was taught by Apostle Joseph Stanford. Uh, he said, I'm going to teach you how to, how to talk to God, how to listen to God. And he asked me to read the Bible in a certain way. And he said, if you'll know God's character, you'll know God's words. And if words are not likened to what I'm going to teach you, then it may not be God. But if they are, you can rest assured it is. Look, we're going to conclude the radio show portion and go into social media. I want to thank each and every one of you all for joining us. We're going to have Dr. Tamla Odom uh, back with us because Dr. Odom is going to be a part of the, She's part of the family now, you know. I mean, you know uh, we're not going to let her go until she blesses. us. Yeah. <laughs> so that's going to conclude our show. I want to thank you all. Remember, we don't think outside the box. In our world, there is no box. And be with us next week. And don't forget, on Thursday night, 8 p.m. Central Standard, 9 o'clock Eastern, we have the Entrepreneur Forum. And you can simply go to nationalentrepreneurforum.com, nationalentrepreneurforum.com. It should be typed. Oh, excuse me. All right. I made it up. Nationaleform.com. <laughs> Nationaleform.com. Thank you, Control Room. That wasn't God. That was those guys. God bless you guys. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to The James Dentley Show. Be sure to join James for another inspiring show next Friday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll see you here next week.